0: are my strength and you are my redeemer and walls have fallen in my life and the lives of your people in Jesus name amen amen I don't know about you but I'm excited about the kingdom of God this morning can I get a real amen about that (laughs) when you think about what God has delivered you from kept you from you ought to be excited we all ought to be excited about that hallelujah so a lot of people didn't make it but we're still here Amen. Glory to God. Turn in your Bibles to Numbers chapter 16. Numbers chapter 16. Hallelujah. I'm excited about the word. And every time I can crack open my Bible every day, I'm excited. Kor, <clears throat> Numbers chapter 16. Now, Korah, the son of Issar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, Dathan, Abiram, the son of Eliab, and On, the son of Pelath, Sons of Reuben took men, and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation of men renowned. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and said unto them, Ye take too much upon yourself, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord among them. Wherefore then lift up yourselves among the congregation of the Lord? And when Moses heard it, he fell on his face. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Today I want to talk about, um, it's like a compare and contrast about leaders in the house of God and leaders in the Bible. When we see Moses here in Numbers chapter 16, we know that Moses was a godly leader. He was after the heart of God. And one thing I can appreciate about Moses, when he prayed, the glory showed up. When he prayed, God showed up. How many of us know that when we pray, God should be showing up? God should be every time I open my mouth to pray and say, oh, God, and lift my voice up to him. Something ought to, ought to be happening in the earth realm. We don't just come before God because we want to come before him. We come before God because, number one, we're created in his image. We were created to worship him and also to bring petition. How many of us know that when you bring a petition before God, as long as it's lining up with the word of God, I want to interject that. It will come to pass. Everybody say it will come to pass. It, it doesn't matter what things look like in the natural. It doesn't matter how they appear to be because God is working. How many of you know God is working for real? Amen. Yeah. And so we said here and you all know the story. I've talked about it before, but I want to bring it back today in a couple more of uh, things. I'm going to talk about Moses and Aaron were God's chosen vessels. Don't mess with God's chosen vessels. Amen. Korah, Dathan, Abiram, and On thought they knew it all. Korah was the ringleader. He got them all together to try to overthrow Moses because he said, Moses, you take too much on yourself. All the children are holy. Now, here is a uh, Levite. Coming against the man of God because he wanted his position, and that's what we have going on today. In many houses of God, people will rise up against the leader, gather people with them to try to take the position that God has given the leader, but it didn't work. What happened, if you continue to read that story about Korah, Dathan, and Abraham, they ended up dead. But one of the things that he said, he said, all the people are holy. That was a lie. The first thing the enemy will try to get you to do is believe a lie. Apostle has been talking about Genesis and how the enemy tricked uh, Eve and, you know, he deceived Eve and Adam. He got them to believe a lie. And if the enemy can get you to believe a partial truth, that's still a lie. He said that all the people, now some of the people were holy, but not all of them. Uh, Moses and Aaron were holy, but not all the people because if you go back to uh, chapter 11, it talks about the fact that they were uh, part of a mixed multitude that was among them. They fell a lusting. The children of Israel also went and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? So they were wanting things that you know, God was providing for them, but they refused to take God's provision and they went a lusting. They were doing things that were not right, that were unseemly. But Korah said, We're all holy. He said, we're all holy. And they weren't. And then when you get down to the, uh, the part where the judgment start coming, you see here that it said that 250 um, elders of renown, they got judged. Why? Because the fire of God, they went running. We know the earth opened up and swallowed up the people, something that had never happened before. And then everybody got scared then. But before the judgment came, they were all with Korah. They were all on his side and that's how the enemy tries to work. He tries to work from the inside out to get somebody's attention to pull some people out of where God has called him to be. And then he don't tell you that there's judgment coming. He don't tell you about the repercussions of listening to someone outside of the will of God, outside of your leader. So we got to have an ear to hear what the spirit is saying. And many times, yes, we hear from God, but the, but the God will give our leaders wisdom on how to instruct us and we have to take that instruction Korah refused to take that instruction. Many of the children of Israel, so him, his household, uh, Korah, Dathan, Abiram. they, ha- them and their household all got swallowed up into the earth. It closed back up. Then the people got scared. Then they started running. 250 of the, uh, elders got zapped. And I'm using that word. It's not in the Bible, but they got zapped by the Spirit of God, by the lightning of God came and it dissolved them instantly on the spot. Even though they were in the midst of Over a million people, God had them pinpointed. Why? Because they went out and they tried to overthrow the man of God that God had set in place. They got it too. The next day when they got up, they started to blame Moses. Now, we had already saw that God got the ringleaders. 250 men renowned in the uh, children of the congregation of Israel, they got the smackdown. And then the next day they start blaming God. And then it said that God sent out a fire from heaven. It was the judgment of God. But see, Moses, Moses was on it. He already knew what God was going to do. He felt he had God's heart. Many people today don't have a relationship enough with the Lord to where when God is getting ready to move, we miss it. Because we're not in the word. We're not in prayer. We're not fasting. We're not pulling ourselves away from the cares of the world. We become so inundated with the things of the world that the things of God begin to go, grow dim in our lives. Because we're not waiting on Him. We're not praying. We're not fasting. But the next day, Moses knew. Moses was praying before the Lord. He was interceding. That's the mark of a good leader will literally intercede on our behalf, even when we're wrong. God showed them the way. See, that's a good leader. A bad leader will say, we're going about your business, and I hope God gets you good. But that's not what Moses did, and he could have done that. See, our words have power. Moses could have said, God, kill them all, and just replenish the earth. But he didn't. He interceded on behalf of the people. But while he was interceding, he heard God, he felt God's heart and he knew that the death plague was coming, everybody say something is coming, I choose to be on the good, on the side where it's good coming and not evil, amen Because I want to stay in the world in in the way that God would have me to walk in and not be pulled and tossed to and fro, like it says in James, by every wind of doctrine. We have so much going on in the world today. We have so many false prophets, lying prophets, prophet liars, people that say they got a word from the Lord. They don't have a word from anything but their own unction in their own belly. So we have to stay true to the word, but Moses heard God and he knew that something was coming and something was about to hit the earth. Mm, kind of remind you of the date on it. Something is about and an apostle has been talking about something else is coming. Are we on the right side or will we be swallowed up? Are we on the right side of the word or will we murmur whine complain and and all those things that the children of israel were doing under false leadership not moses but Korah, because they listened to him so they had already in their mind concluded that he was going to be their leader i wonder what did he offer them was a position if i give you a position I'm, i'm gonna be your leader i'm gonna put you here i'm gonna put you here i'm gonna put you here oh they was loving that that's what people love for their flesh to be puffed up and, you know, you offer a person a position, they'll be loyal to you until you correct them. But see, Moses wasn't having it. Moses had in place who God said put in place and that's who he had there. But Korah had a different idea. It cost him his life. It cost his family's life. It cost 250 uh, elders their life. And now it's going to cost the uh, congregation because of murmuring, complaining, accusing Moses the next day. As I said, Moses was praying. He knew that the death plague was coming out from God. He began to intercede, but he had a word from the Lord. He said, Aaron, go get the fire pan. Put it in between the death plague that's coming from God and the children of Israel. But before Aaron could get there, I believe it was 14,600 people, correct me if I'm wrong, had died. Because they murmured, they complained, they whined against God's leader. Now, let's go over to... Nehemiah, talk about a couple of different leaders that had God's heart. Nehemiah chapter, you can go to back, chapter one. And we're gonna talk about this. Now Moses had God's heart. Moses obeyed God. Moses did what God instructed him to do, no matter what the people said. Ezra was in, I mean, excuse me, Nehemiah was in a different situation. See, Moses, he went on as well. But with Nehemiah, what he did was he caught the burden of the children of Israel. And the, um, the gates that were torn down and, and burned by fire. He caught the vision. He caught the burden of what was going on because it, the temple had to be restored. But there were people, if you go on in, let me back up. Nehemiah, first the thing he did was pray. That was one of the things that him and Moses had in common. They both prayed. Nehemiah, Nehemiah prayed for months before he even made a move. How many of us wait on God and pray for months? Even years before we make a decision or make a move. How many of us really pray? See, that's what a good leader, a person that has the heart of God, you're going to sit down and we're going to pray and we're going to wait on God to see God is this for me. Do you know how many marriage proposals I've had? And I'm still single because I choose to wait on God. You cannot jump into anything and not pray and wait on God. God you get in serious trouble when you do your own thing yeah. nehemiah waited on god and he prayed he knew that there was a work that needed to be done he knew that the temple had to be restored he knew that the walls had to be rebuilt he knew that he had to repair the gates that had been torn down and burned with fire he knew all of this he knew this but he also knew that he had to wait on god for, number 1 for god's timing number 2 for god's instruction How many of us wait on God's timing and his instruction? See, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves by hearing God say something, but we move out of timing where our own instruction. Nehemiah had to wait to get the instruction. And what happened was that he went to the king who was a a Persian pagan king. He went to him. He was his cupbearer. He drank the juice before he gave it to the king, ate the food before he gave it to him to make sure it was a poison. What an occupation. (laughs) if somebody gonna poison the king i'm gonna die first i don't think so (laughs) i'm gonna be praying over that food oh lord (laughs) but that was a serious occupation he was the king's cupbearer and what happened was he waited he prayed and then one day he went before the king and he had a sorry face he was sorrowful and when you go before a king back in those days you were all supposed to always supposed to be happy And elated to be in the presence of the king. So why is it that nowadays we're not happy and elated to be in the presence of King Jesus? Every time we come before him, we should be overjoyed to be in his presence. Because he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. Amen? Amen. But what Nehemiah did, he fasted, he prayed, he waited, he went before the king. And then the king said to him, what's wrong with you? Don't you know who you're standing before? I'm the king. You're supposed to be happy. And Nehemiah knew that that could cost him his life. But then he began to tell uh, the king, Artaxerxes, what was going on. And he got favor. Everybody said favor. Favor amen so he got favor with the king when he was able to go and do what god called him to do put on his heart to do he had favor in with the wood and with the timber and everywhere he went he had favor and not only did he have favor the king gave him his signet ring as a um where he can show people that yes i have a uh, favor and the king has sent me and allowed me to go do this awesome thing now when um When he got to where he was going and he began to build, the Bible says that the people had a mind to work. Do we have a mind to work today? Do we really have a mind to work today? No matter what it costs you, because let me tell you, when Nehemiah and his crew was up on that wall, it was a lot going on down below. It was people down below, uh, I think it's uh, Tobiah, and I can't think of the other guy's name, but it was those two people, I think it was three, but they were uh, telling him, come on down, come on and have lunch with me, oh, you know, I'm a prophet, and, and you know, come on, I got a word, come on. Nehemiah would not give up his post. He had a sword in one hand. We have a sword, Amen. He had a sword in one hand and a spatula in the other. In other words, if you come up here and mess with me, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to put you down. I'm going to hurt you because the word, the work of the Lord was just that important. Why is it today that the work of the Lord is not that important? We say, no, I'm not coming down. I don't care who you call yourself to be. You can be a prophet with a word. Hold that word until I'm done with what God has told me to do. That's what Nehemiah did. And he had people that were helping him and they had a mind to work. Now, when you go back and look at Moses, it was quite the opposite. Moses was a man of God, a man of prayer, fasting, standing for the Lord, seeking the Lord's counsel on every and every turn. And so was Nehemiah. But the difference between the people in Moses day is they were rebellious, stiff necked They wanted to do their own thing and it caused them destruction. With Nehemiah, the people had a mind to work. I mean, they were taking stuff from them. They were taking their houses. I mean, all type of stuff was going on. But they refused to come down off that wall. No matter what, they were not coming down. Can somebody say, I'm not coming down and mean it? Oh, wow, that was bad. That was bad. That was, bad. <laughs> that was really bad. I, I don't think you believe even what you just said. Somebody said, I'm not coming down. Amen. Amen. That's a little bit better. That's a little bit better because as the day of Christ approaches, it is going to get more tumultuous in the, in the earth. Things are going to be happening. And if we don't have the word of God in us, like Moses and Nehemiah and several others, it's going to be a situation. It's going to be a situation because somebody will be in your ear telling you, oh no, you don't have to listen to apostle because she don't know what she's talking about because you holy too. Go ahead and go, go do what you want to go and grab, uh, about five people out of the church and go. No. We already know what happened. We can look back in history and see that that is not the way to go. Now is not the time for division. The Bible says that a divided house shall not, will not, cannot stand. And this is a time for all of us to come together, link arms for the advancement of the kingdom of God in the earth. In the earth. By any means necessary. And I'm going to tell you something. If somebody... Come to me talking about my leader. God, help me. Hold me back, Lord. Because they might get it. We need to be just like that with the things of God and what he's called us to do. Somebody comes to you talking about your leader, talking against what the, the kingdom work is to be done. That is something that we need to turn a deaf ear to. Otherwise, we'll let Tobias help us down off that wall to go do something else. Go have lunch. Go do something else. If you go and, and, and go over to First um, Samuel. Now this is another type of leader, Eli. First Samuel, chapter two, verse twelve. And it says, now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial, they knew not the Lord. That is enough said right there, isn't it? When you say someone is the sons of Belial, that means they're wicked, they're evil, they are um, just off the hook. Wicked and evil and against God. And this is, these were the sons of Eli. Now Eli was a high priest. Eli had the Ark of the Covenant in his camp and he was to keep it. But what happened was... The um, priesthood was taken from him, given over to the priesthood of Zadok because he couldn't rule his own house. So how can we get upset when our leader corrects us? See, if you read about Eli and his sons, it said that he didn't correct them. He didn't chastise them. He just kind of patted them on the hand. What were they doing? Eli's wicked sons, Hophni and Pennyhouse, they were sleeping with the women. They was drinking. They was carousing. They were strong arming the people out of the offerings of God. They were t- when the when the offerings of God were being prepared in the big pot. They would take a flesh hook, dig down into the pot, take up the offerings and strong armor from the people and say, no, this is mine. And what happened was it said in the Bible that it caused God's people to abhor giving. It caused them not to want to give to the things of God. We have a lot of that going on now, but praise God, we don't have that going on here. Hallelujah. We have leaders in this house who want to make sure that things are done right, decently, and in order. And I thank God for that. You can't find that everywhere. You know, I've been into a lot of places. i preached in a lot of churches. Talked to a lot of leaders and, and what have you. And I tell you what I have heard over the course of 20 years makes my stomach sick. Why? Because the people... Some leaders don't have a heart for God. They have a heart for their wallet. And I think God, we are in a place. We are in a good place. We are in a place where God is saying, do not come down off the wall. Do not let people tell you anything. If it's not lining up with the word of God, I don't care what your title is. I am not listening to you. And in fact, I'm about to rebuke you with the word. And that's all right. Some people say that, um, don't judge me. I can judge you righteously. I can judge your fruit. If you're a liar, I'm gonna call you a liar. If you're a thief, I'm gonna call you a thief. If you're a whoremonger, I'm gonna call you a whoremonger. I'm gonna judge the fruit. People don't get it twisted. We can judge the fruit. So what is the biggest thing that you want to take away today about Moses? He was a man after God's own heart. No matter what the people did or said about him, he still prayed. I think we got a leader like that. They pray. They wait on God. They hear from God. They don't They don't let up on what if God said it, that's what it is. No matter what it looks like. When you look at Nehemiah, he would not come down off that wall because he knew he had a burden from the Lord. How many of us have a burden from the Lord to do the things of God? Or is it a burden from our household that we got to get something done? Don't we know that if we take care of God's house, he will literally take care of ours? If we take care of the things of God, he will take care of our children, our family. It don't matter what it looks like, God will take care of them. I love that song, um, God will take care of you. Hallelujah, I love that song. Be not dismayed, whatever be God will take care of you beneath his wings of love abide God will take care of you God will take care of you through every day or all the way he will Take care of you. God will take care of you. I love that song. I love the word. Because when I am troubled, when things are on my mind, I can go to the word. I can begin to hum that hymn and say, God, you took care of Moses. God, you took care of Samuel. God, you took care of all these people and you are no respecter of persons. And God, you can take care of me. That's what we have to do. We have to believe that no matter what, God will take care of you. If you're doing his work, he's going to take care of you. Now, if you get out there on your own thing, that's a whole nother situation. But God will take care of you as long as you're taking care of his work. One of the things that happened with Eli and his wicked sons after, you know, it was prophesied to him that his sons were going to die. He was going to lose the Ark of the Covenant and the Ark of the Covenant was taken into captivity. Now, here's the Ark of God. It was taken into several uh, Philistine cities, Uh, Ashdod, Ekron, and a couple more cities. But everywhere the glory went that it wasn't supposed to be, Havoc broke out. They were overran with uh, the, the death plague, rats uh, all type of things were happening. Um, they had boils and 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 what it was it called they had boils and all that the itch the bock, all of that stuff was going on because the glory was not where it was supposed to be. Now we are carriers of God 's glory, right. So when we end up in places that we should not be in, and you, st- what are you subjecting yourself to? Where are you carrying God's glory? And if you're carrying it into a place that's off, you better have been sent by God to go and bring somebody out. Amen? We can't just go in places without God giving us instruction to go. You better not go, you know, I'm going to tell you this. Um, this has to do uh, with what I'm talking about. I was in Detroit doing a tent meeting and boy, they did not tell me that the tent meeting was in gang territory in the middle of Detroit. When we pulled up, I was like, where am I at? Oh my God. Okay. We got tagged walls on this side. We got people hanging on the corner over here, you know, and it was obvious there was a whole lot of activity going on. But when I prayed, God said, go. Go. So the whole time we were doing the tent meeting, nothing happened, glory to God, because I was where I was supposed to be according to the will of God. Now, had I been presumptuous and went to a tent meeting because, oh yeah, I'm apostle Allison J. Cross, when I go into a meeting, the glory of God. No, you have to understand when God sends you, he will protect you. So it was a very, very, it was a great tent meeting. People got saved, gave their heart to the Lord. I believe some of the people that were hanging on the outside of the tent came in and, you know, got some counseling from some um, council workers that was there. But the thing of it is, I did not go without instruction. That glory was taken into captivity, the Ark of the Covenant. It was in all them places and all those people suffered loss because the glory was in the wrong place. Don't be in the wrong place at the wrong time if God didn't send you. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. Somebody need to hear that. Don't think that you can go anywhere that you want to go if God didn't send you. And he's going to like, you know, thank God for his grace and mercy. He does cover us and protect us. But you don't want to put yourself in harm's way when you don't have to. I'll put it like that. So we see that Moses had an ear to hear what God was saying. But the people did not. Nehemiah had an ear to hear what God was saying, and the people did. Hophni and Pennyhouse and Eli—he just was a hot mess because he wouldn't discipline his sons, and it lost him the kingdom. The priesthood was given over to Zadok, and it was supposed the line was supposed to go down through him, but it didn't. What a great loss! What a what a horrible way for someone's name to go down in history as the priest that wouldn't. That's a whole nother message, isn't it? That's all I have today. I'm not going to prolong the hour, but I just want to give you what God has given to me because when you begin to over talk and keep going after the anointing lifted, we undo everything that was done. God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. God is good, Amen.